Hey, if you think you might be lost because you got lots of new thoughts, I'll be informed. Or if you're feeling like a fool, cause you've been used just like a tool since you were born. Hey, if you're trying to get through life, then friend, I've got some great advice for not growing horns. They say that ignorance is bliss, but if you knew, then you'd be pissed, so get informed. Welcome back to Getting Informed, a leftist literature, shut the fuck up, Dylan, a leftist literature (laughs) podcast. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Dylan's already crying, it's great. I'm your host, Colin Orton, and with me as they were literally 35 seconds ago. Oh my god, I just realized we never introduced ourselves when we started recording today. That's That's a mystery. They know who we are. Mystery guests. And if they don't, they can get fucked. Uh, (laughs) Get informed. Uh, with me is my no this is now get fucked a leftist literature podcast <laughs> getting in fucked is is this a new episode yes yes is it, i don't know what's happening okay with Wait. me is my co-host al gropey say hello al hello al who else is here al with us is recurring guest Dylan. Say hello, Dylan. Hi, Dylan. That's me. I'm here this time. Dylan, who else is here? <laughs> wait, wait. Why are we introducing each each other instead of our? Speak it out, Andy. Speak it out. <laughs> and also here is the lovely Gwen. Hi, Gwen. Hi, Dylan. I was going to say hi, Dylan. It's a joke, but then you introduced me, so I'm happy. <laughs> Okay, and we are back, um, starting off with the end of chapter, chapter gang suppression. I can't remember the number. Why did we split it midway through chapters? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Like we were on literally the last portion of a chapter. Could we not have like? (laughs) No, you you said that we had forty minute episodes, and god damn it, we'll have forty minute episodes. I said that. I never once said that. You said that you could not, in good conscience, subject a podcast listener to anything longer than forty minutes. This is on you, Dildus. (laughs) Colin, I have literally no idea what you're talking about. Mom and dad are fighting, and like blacked out. Or if Dylan, you're making it up. It as with 70% of the statements that you make, you blacked out about halfway <laughs> through and have no recollection of saying it. Colin, my mind is like a steel trap. Nothing gets in, nothing gets out. Dylan, I'm going to <laughs> hurl you from a fire escape. It's a steel trap that's already closed. <laughs> yeah. It I latched onto like Lord of the Rings and never opened again. It's full of David Lynch. It's, it's like a dead. crab <laughs> trap full of only David Lynch. That's All right, gang, let's end policing. Okay. I, I would just like to say that I, I found my way to this podcast after I'd said the words Karl Marx into a mirror three times and was not aware <laughs> we were recording multiple episodes today. <laughs> I love it. Let's keep going. Listen, it works with Karl Marx. It works with George Soros. There's actually a whole list of guys you can say into a mirror three times and you'll get a link directly here. You can All right. Say Proud Boy update. I, I <laughs> know Proud Boy. Bill Gates uh, while stabbing myself in the arm with a hypodermic needle. <laughs> God damn. While injecting yourself full of tr- tracking chips. <laughs> okay, come on, focus. Yeah. All right, I'm about this. to finish. The um, end of policing. Yeah, wow, thanks. That sounds great. Um, as far as I could gather in the final section of the chapter on gang suppression, there were three steps to 
alternative methods of policing gangs, and they were provide more stable jobs, mm-hmm. provide Why? more youth services, and uh, non-punitive rehabilitation that is dictated by the community. So, you know, the like same it. things we needed for homelessness and for sex work and for drugs. You could really kill, like, 50 birds with a single stone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's crazy to me is how much money is spent on the useless policing that we have now. Um, from page 173 here, one study found that New York State was spending more than a million dollars a year to incarcerate people from a single square block in Brooklyn. A million dollars. Like, I, can you imagine how many, like, uh, uh, community programs you could fund with a million dollars? And that's a single block. I guarantee there are, there are way more <laughs> than just mm-hmm. the one in, like, New York City alone. I find it fucking galling uh, that in Portland, for example, it would literally be cheaper to just pay the rent of the houseless people uh, in Laurelhurst Park than it would be uh, to send in the police every week to beat the shit out of them and steal their stuff. Mm-hmm. And yet, Ted Wheeler, uh, the psychotic lumber baron who rules this city with an iron fist, uh, dispatches the most draconian and insane police department in the country to harass homeless people once a week mm-hmm. for no reason. Like, there is no reason other than just, like, cruelty? Mm-hmm. Poverty value. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, and that's You've the thing, because he was democratically reelected. Some people want him to keep doing what he's doing. I know who those people are, and they're the five people who own Portland. <laughs> Listen, it's not about making communities better for the people that live in them. It's about making that property more valuable so that the rich people want to buy them. <laughs> it's, it's about price out the ugly pores. Of course, no uggos, as we discussed last episode. <laughs> Only the beautiful, wealthy citizens will be allowed to dwell in our metropolises. Able-bodied, don't forget able-bodied. The others will slave in the factories until they're torn apart people. by the machinery. Mm-hmm. Did somebody summon Jeff Bezos? Oh yeah, all you have to do is say uh, police state three times in the mirror. Um, Pinkerton, Pinkerton, Pinkerton! <laughs> very good. <laughs> But yeah, that's basically the end of the chapter is uh, provide more stable jobs, provide more youth services, and let the community dictate the punitive measures. You know what that sounds like to me, Al? What? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, Barack Obama said that this was a snappy slogan that nobody would ever sign up for. Okay. That sounds like defunding the police. Oh, you know, I just think you might be right there. You know, miraculously for once in your fucking life, I think you might be right there. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm going insane should we start the next chapter yes alright border policing oh this is my favorite one this is my favorite because he Vitaly has a complete mask off moment towards the end where he just like writes the sentence like I just want to say it now he writes the sentence borders are immoral like <laughs> yeah. I do believe we shouldn't have borders and I agree with that when he says it but he begins the chapter with this quote. Hard agree. I'm sorry, repeat that, Gwen? I just said I agree with you. 
Oh, good. Bless you. (laughs) On the topic of Alex and his writing style, I just want to preview by saying there is a quote that we'll get to later that in the margins of my uh, book, I just wrote, pop off, Alex, pop off. Mm. (laughs) He's unstoppable, dude. Mm -hmm. But uh, the chapter begins with this sentence. Until the late 19th century, the U.S. had no formal immigration restrictions. Mm -hmm. The border was essentially open with only customs controls directed at shipping, which people forget that ICE and the Border Patrol are not institutions of this country. Mm -hmm. Well, they are now, but they weren't when we were born. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone in this call is older than ICE. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for all of its fucking faults, and believe me, there are a lot of faults of pre-closed border immigration America. Our immigration policy up until then, pretty good. I'll, you know, I'll give, I'll give uh, past America that, that little bone. <laughs> Actually, the Border Patrol wasn't created until 1924 with the passage of the National Orange Act. Origins, not national oranges. <laughs> 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 National Origins Act, which was literally to establish and enforce nationality-based immigration quotas for the first time. So the Border Patrol is a direct result of immigration quotas based on nationality. Bro, have you ever looked at, like, the numbers of those quotas? No, actually. All right, let's uh, go continue, but I'm just going to look up... uh, Give me me a European country, and then give me, like, any country in Africa. Oh. Um... Uh, Poland, Ethiopia, Poland and and Ethiopia. Got it. Okay. Uh, Really quickly while we're talking about like old, uh, uh, like the, the introduction of immigration laws into the United States. Mm -hmm. I just had a quick note that the, uh, the first one that was passed in 1882 was literally just called the Chinese exclusion act. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not subtle. Yeah. (laughs) I remember learning about, that and the quota-based immigration program for the first time in like fifth grade. And my teacher taught it like it was a completely normal thing. Like, oh yeah, you know, Congress just decided to exclude Chinese people and put quotas on what races were allowed in the country. Like that's an okay and normal thing to have. Just like it's it's such a normalized part of our past in our Mm -hmm. public education Mm -hmm. system. And I, I remember being taught that alongside being taught about the railroad and like the gold rush and California. And we were always in my lesson, we were always stressed that it was mostly Chinese immigrants doing the labor on the railroad. So I thought I wrote a question mark exclamation point next to the part that says that the proponents of the Chinese exclusion act referred to Chinese immigrants as horrible slur, horrible slur and accused them of being immoral and lazy. And I'm like, they literally built the railroads to where yeah. you are. <laughs> so according to the Department of um, Labor, Immigration, and Naturalization Services, mm-hmm. that's not one department. It's the Department of Labor, comma, Immigration and Naturalization Service, comma. Uh, so in 1938, from Poland, 4,218 people were admitted. From all of Africa, 115 people were admitted. Oh my god! They listed Africa as one country. Of course oh. they did. Oh my god! In I, 1938, I tried, I tried to choose one that had escaped the like clutches of colonialism, just in the hope that we would afford Africa that small 
infinitesimal amount of respect? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was um, hoping too much. <laughs> there was a chart in one of my college classes. I was very fortunate that this was actually covered in one of my college classes that showed all the countries with the different um, quota numbers on them for different years. And my favorite one was like Italy, like 5,000. And then Egypt, literally like only a few miles away across the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. 15. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> I was so surprised to learn that like Italians were targeted because of the Italian revolution and because of their association with anarchists. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought, I knew Italians were targeted. I don't know what I thought the reason was, but I didn't think it was anarchism. Well, they were also I don't think we like, believed in spicing white. our food yet. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's probably the food spicing. Yeah, well, too many the, flavors. The, <laughs> my spice. the early Red Scare in the States had a lot to do with like the, the prevalence uh, or like explosion of like, oh, anarchy. Uh, Anarchism correct? as a I theory, think... yeah. Yeah. Not to mention um, the, the actual like Bolshevik revolution. Mm-hmm. Oh, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that next chapter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Red we'll squads, red squads. I'm just going to let you two go off on that. You three. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go to the bathroom when that chapter comes <laughs> up and just let y'all take the reins. Um, but moving forward, the only reason that the Border Patrol like started to change, funny enough, um, developing the Bracero program was because of the need for cheap labor in Texas mm-hmm. and along the border. I have a quote. Oh, quote it up, baby. Farmers and ranchers resented federal intervention in their long-standing labor system, which often amounted to peonage. I literally <laughs> had the same quote, and right next to it, I wrote, gee, this sounds familiar. It's literally <laughs> like corporate neo-feudalism, where your your boss owns you as like a minimum wage serf. And the Bracero program feels like it should be out of Dune. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. But yes. it's real. Yes. Anyways, go read Dune. It's a great I mean, book. Like, Pray gotta, load. Go ahead, Dylan. Oh, I was just going to say, um, like, and what, what is really so scary to me about a lot of this is how in like the last 20, 30 years, how the DHS's power and reach has just exploded um, on 178 here, uh, the number of Border Patrol agents, uh, quote, increased to 10,000 after 2001. Today, it stands at more than 20,000, making it larger than the ATF, FBI, and DEA combined. Um, not to mention the budget. Uh, again, from the same page, quote, in the fiscal year 2012, the federal government spent more than $18 billion on immigration enforcement, more than all other federal law enforcement spending combined. And that was in 2012. Uh, I don't even want to think about what that budget is, uh, has increased to over the last four years. Mm-hmm. I have two more uh, absolutely psychotic quotes. Uh, one which is, this is absolutely true and part of the reason that it is so alarming that the Border Patrol has become like our largest domestic law enforcement organization at the federal level, which is that the Border Patrol has been primarily about the production of whiteness and inequality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the Border Patrol's major function is to terrorize people of color. Mm -hmm. They hit it up on 179 when they talk about how 
the there is literally a codified practice brought in 1973 in USV Brignoni Ponce that upholds the right of the Border Patrol to use racial profiling as the sole basis for vehicle stops and forced identifications. There was a brief anecdote at one point where uh, Senator Patrick Leahy got pulled over when he was in, I believe he was in Texas at the time. Oh, I, I hated that. It's right after this. And he, oh and he asked the Border Patrol agent who pulled him over under what authority he was pulled over because he's a U.S. senator and he was committing no crimes. And the Border Patrol agent drew his, his service pistol, his, his standard-equipped 9mm, brandished it in the senator's face and said, and I quote, that's all the authority I need. Yeah, yeah. And to get into a little more detail on that from the same page, it's based on the 1953 federal law that gives Border Patrol agents the right to suspend constitutional protections within 100 miles of the border and stop, search, and ascertain the immigration status of any person, whether or not they have any probable cause or even reasonable suspicion. And then, as an added fun fact, what's even more fucked up is that, because, like, you think of, like, you know, within 100 miles of the border, but that also applies to the, the coastlines. And any, any city within 100 miles of the coastline falls underneath uh, that law. Which is all of them! That's, <laughs> so that, that's most of the American population. That's, like, 90% yep. of the American population. What the And it's funny. You have- hear a lot of people talking about, like, government overreach and, like, suspension of civil liberties. They'll protest masks, but they won't protest, like, the literal suspension of constitutional rights basically in any major U.S. city. Yeah. That's... I didn't even realize that I was as I was reading this. That's fucked up. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, and of course, this only intensified after 9-11. I'm just trying to mm-hmm. move forward. Everyone um, except yeah. Gwen, I think, is within Border Patrol enforcement reach currently. Gwen and I are in the same spot. How do you figure that? Nope, that's, that's, one. that's right. Uh, I forgot that you, were, <laughs> you weren't country, in Portland. A million. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're still in, in Dylon or in uh, High Mountain Hell right now. Yeah, you guys oh, are out. Yeah, you betcha. You guys are out in the desert, so you're out of the reach of border patrol. It's all FBI and ATF for y'all. I mean, if you count the uh, seaport, is they're they're a little outside. Uh, they're about 200 miles from the from from ah, or damn. 120 miles from from that hundred mile. Right, We're close. If I take Black. a 20 mile drive. <laughs> they're gonna get me. Oh no! <laughs> if I visit my grandparents, I'm fucked. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Well, luckily, all of us are white. <laughs> Moving on. True. Uh, that hasn't stopped them in the past. This is true. Yeah, um, isn't, after, speaking of, isn't Senator Patrick Leahy, doesn't he look like, isn't he like a big old, like, cuddly grandpa-looking guy? He is extremely he Caucasian, like. yeah. Wait, then okay, why cool. even? I assumed, I mean, I shouldn't have said To God demonstrate power. their power. Okay. The Literally the because they also, could. Like, Border patrol agents rape people like with impunity. They, they do a love lot of raping, race. dude. Almost no, they love raping like more than the NYPD, and the NYPD yeah. loves oh, them with raping. Mm-hmm. They love raping. They changed from catch and release to capture and hold. Um, mm-hmm. There is a oh, huh? 
A second offense of illegal reentry into the country is now a felony that can result in years of incarceration. And in addition, immigrants convicted of other crimes are now being sentenced and incarcerated for their full terms in a U.S. prison before being deported, which doesn't even make economic sense. No, it's cruelty. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, just about being cruel. Yeah, like, fuck. Like, it costs <laughs> so no much. There's no benefit. There's no benefit other than just being cruel, and it does not work as a deterrent. Mm-hmm. Because the whole point is that people are coming for better conditions, and they will could be killed if returned to their home country. It's just, it's yeah, incredible. This, like, go ahead, Dylan. No, 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 you finish, please. I was just going to say, kind of on the, on the thought that Vitaly ends the chapter with, the idea that borders are immoral... Not only are they immortal, immoral, immortal, immortal. <laughs> but political, political borders aren't like, they're not even fucking real. They're literally imaginary lines drawn on a map. And mm-hmm. it's, it makes sense. My I, new I response, punch my, Gwen, I'm going to give you something. My new response to any okay. question anyone asks me is blank isn't real. What are you doing in bed at 3 p.m.? Time isn't real. We made it up. Borders aren't real. We made it up. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you can, like, the sun, like, the movement of the planets is very real. Colin, the unit of time that is a second, a minute, an hour was invented by man. Time is not real. Would you prefer people say, Al, the sun is in the air, and as diurnal animals, we require sunlight to be functional? I think that their thinking is limited, and I decide what kind of animal I am. Wrong. Time isn't real, Colin. Don't ruin this for me. I was speaking about how was invented by the Babylonians, though, and they fucked hard. So I kind of have to yeah. respect time a little bit. They did fuck. That's true. Hard. <laughs> I have to respect the grift. <laughs> Gotta respect it. Speaking um, of grifts, let's. <laughs> talk about, uh, 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 border patrolling is uh, uh, money based. Mm-hmm. Um, I have here uh, a couple quotes. Uh, um, one from page 182 Both local mm-hmm. jurisdictions and these corporations have a financial stake in maintaining high rates of detention, further, prevent, or further perverting the politics of immigration. Um, there's a number on, I think, given on 181, that the U.S. government has spent $7 billion on Operation Streamline, uh, most of it going to private, for-profit prisons. Hell yeah, brother. Lock them up. Oh. <laughs> These are the same for-profit prisons that literally, like, sell high recidivism rates Yeah, mm-hmm. as a positive thing to their shareholders. Because it means more money, because... Fun fact, slavery never went away. It just in prison branded itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Remember when all of those poor prisoners that were fighting the California wildfires were like, you don't give us enough resources to do this and also we're doing slave labor to save the entire population of California. Isn't that You're funny? You're actually not Live allowed to list um, <laughs> if you are a prisoner who fought who fights wildfires in California there's a law actually barring you from listing that on your resume once you get freed. Oh my So you God. can't, yeah. You, you're, you're, not allowed, you're not allowed to use any labor um, conducted in prison as justification, as, as past experience Why? for a current job. It's almost I don't, like American it's, prisons aren't about poor people, dude. They're about punishment, yeah. Yeah. Just hate poor people. Um, and before, I thank you for pushing forward, Dylan, with the focus on economics, but I don't want to, 
I don't want to skip over this one part on 181 where they talk about how the trials on mass deportations and mass prosecutions mm-hmm. happen. I'm just going to read this real quick. Uh, Texas is dealing with the loads of people incoming that they have to deport uh, by doing mass prosecutions, which is, first of all, against the United States Constitution, just Mm -hmm. round one. But the quote is, dozens of defendants are routinely ushered into court together, often without any real legal representation, also illegal, are asked to plead guilty, also illegal to do in a court, in Mm -hmm. trial process, and are then either deported or incarcerated. In 2009, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals stepped in and demanded that defendants at least be asked individually about their pleas and their ability to understand what was happening. But the ruling merely slowed down the process without changing its basic character. And this is, we even saw those stories about little girls that were taken from their families being asked in court, little six-year-old girls being tried Mm -hmm. and not speaking English and not having any idea what they were agreeing to. And it's just, oh, my God. Oh, it gets me going. Uh, America's a fucking joke, man. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we are literally, like, a fundraising pyramid scheme for various, like, armed, oppressive entities. Like... We're we're just a scheme to give money to our military and border patrol. And I'll say this about the US military. They may be, you know, bombing the shit out of Afghanistan every single day for the last twenty years, but like at least their stated goal isn't to terrorize brown people. They do it, but their stated goal is to like bring freedom. Mm-hmm. And like at least, you know, at least they pretend to not be doing it purely out of cruelty mm-hmm. because the border patrol has no excuse. Their whole thing is just like, no, no, we do this because we want you to suffer. Mm-hmm. We do this because we um, hate you. Yeah. I'll, going back uh, briefly to something you said about like uh, children um, at the border. Uh, fun fact, uh, the United States uh, child separation policy started under Barack Obama. Um, who I have a I have some fun quotes on here that uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to get into from 186. Oh, yeah. uh, Barack Obama deported more people than all previous presidents combined. Um, mm-hmm. And then from page 187, this one I have like underlined heavily, so I must have been like really angry about it. Um, quote: In July 2016, 25 U.S. senators asked President Obama to stop deporting people fleeing the violence in that region, citing 84 documented cases since 2014 of people being killed after being deported, primarily in El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala. As Senator Edward Markey of Massachusetts put it, "Based quote, Ed Markey, <laughs> we should not be sending families back to situations where they can be killed. That's just un-American." And then, as far as I uh, uh, am aware, that didn't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. The well, myth no. of a pro-immigration Obama is laughable. It was, mm-hmm. it was in his campaign. It was hope and change. Hope we deport these immigrants and change these illegal immigrants from Americans into corpses. Oh, uh, speaking uh, both to um, uh, Obama and also to Alex uh, Vitale being a really funny author from 185, uh, I underline this, the Obama administration 
claimed to have shifted the focus to targeting employers um, uh, in regards to um, uh, illegal immigration as, as work or, or to get work. <laughs> and I love that he just wrote claimed. I, I don't know. That just was really oh, funny yeah. to me the way he wrote Oh, he's that. really funny. Oh, yeah. To finish out that quote yeah. for context, um, employee audits led to mass firings of legal and undocumented workers of almost 100,000 prosecutions in 2009. Only 13 were of employers. Oh, thank you for tacking that on now. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. What a snarky guy. I feel like he'd be fun to have dinner with, Alex. Well, also, like. Yeah, can we all just take a moment to say, Alex, you wrote a great book. Thanks. Or Mr. Vitale, yeah. probably. I, I don't, we're not Professor on a, Vitale. On a basis. Uh, Professor Vitale. We call him Al. <laughs> like, no! <laughs> there can only be one! I'm, I'm sorry, gonna... Al. You have to fight Professor Vitale to the death to see who gets the, the name Al. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to kill an innocent professor it's an that Al I greatly respect. I'm sure I could. But... All right. First anyway. blood. First blood, first blood, got it. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Moving on from things that incriminate thing, me. Uh, that really struck me about this chapter is uh, the lack of accountability um, in regards to border patrol agents and how they're basically just allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One of the ones that I wanted to bring <laughs> up in particular uh, was uh, border patrol agent Lonnie uh, Swartz. Uh, who faced uh, murder charges for killing a 12-year-old Mexican national um, by shooting him through a fence while he was allegedly throwing rocks at agents from the Mexican side of the fence in 2012. And uh, Alex doesn't talk about, like, you know, what what happened with the case. And so I thought that I would do a a little bit of research because I was like, I wonder what happened, you know, to to this guy. Uh, First of all, he was the only Border Patrol agent to draw his weapon, um, and he fired 16 times, uh, uh, shooting uh, the 12 year old 10 times. What the uh, fuck? Yeah, absolutely. He must have had to reload. Yeah. No, like, they had fired they were using, and reloaded. That's a lot of shots. Was he using a pistol or a rifle? Because if he was, were they using. I don't oh, want to yeah. know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't know. Because if they're Border Patrol shots. and they're it's actually like the out. It's too many shots. He killed a kid for throwing rocks. It doesn't matter what gun he did it with. No, it it deeply doesn't. But like, if he was out by the fence, it Mm. does kind of matter. Like, because there is a difference between leveling a fucking rifle or like whipping out a concealed carry. Because either way, it's heinous. Also, like, if he if he had a rifle, he was also likely in about fourteen hundred dollars of armor. Yeah. So the rocks wouldn't have done shit. So there's even less of an excuse. Yeah. Because I mean, also throwing locks, rocks isn't illegal and you can't arrest well, it's assault. someone. But he's in his own country. Are you going yeah. to try and You could, anyone? yeah, cuz he yeah, you could actually cuz he's assaulting a, a US serviceman. But he's not mm, nah. Oh, so you guys are going to love this. Uh so in 2018 he was acquitted. And then what? in July, and then in July of this year, there was an appeals case that was dismissed um, based on a Supreme Court ruling. And I believe this is this was the um, oh fuck, I didn't write it down, and now I feel like a big 
a big dummy. But one of the lawyers um, involved in the case said that a Supreme Court ruling um, uh, implied that, quote, border patrol agents uh, cannot face civil liability for excessive use of force in a cross-border shooting incidents, end quote. Wait, what? Awesome. They, they can just gun down anyone as long as it's across a border? Apparently. Um, and that article was from, if you guys want to do some more reading on it, uh, the article was Lawsuit Against Arizona-Based Border Patrol Agent Who Killed Teen Ends. Mm. Which I would oh, highly recommend reading because it's uh, horrific. Yeah. Also, 12 is not a teen. Teen was misleading um yeah well i didn't even think about that holy shit i mean it's like that it's like that concept you know where it's like post the mugshot of the victim of shooting well it's it's Mm -hmm. uh adulthood depends on ethnicity because the media will post uh you know a picture of a uh, a killed uh 16 year old uh black male and be like black man was killed and it's like he was, was 16. He was, this was a child. This was a, yeah. legally speaking, a fucking child. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, the, the age at which the media will characterize you as a child depend, like changes depending on your ethnicity. Mm-hmm. I mean, calling literal eight-year-old black girls black young women is mm-hmm. just Hateful. another example. In, like, sex crimes especially. What's mm-hmm. so worrying to me about that is yeah. I, I didn't even think about it. I just read the title of the article and it, like it, I didn't even uh, click at all. And that honestly scares me. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing how the choice of words can be so critical as far as like whether or not you are actively enforce, like actively supporting state violence against a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, another uh, example, just to bring it back to the book real quick, another example of uh, the way that the aggression of the border police has gotten them into trouble is when they accidentally murdered a goat herder across the border that they mistook for a drug dealer. I literally um, have the words goat herder in all caps in my notes. And yep. because it's been like six days since I read this, I was like, what the fuck? Goat what herder? What am I? I what? <laughs> I got you. I'm in your brain. I'm deep in them gray matters. They murdered oh. a fucking goat herder. Oh, Dylan. <laughs> Sorry, Dylan just uh, showed that he broke his page. But also they I- murdered a goat herder. <laughs> And they just paid his family a million dollars and no one went to jail. They just gave his family a million dollars. Which is so fucked because in, mm-hmm. uh, in oh God, was it Kabul or was it um, Baghdad uh, where uh, the Blackwater, uh, there was a Blackwater guy who got super drunk and shot uh, the bodyguard of, I believe it was the mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bush administration only gave his family 15 grand. Oh my God. Uh, and the plan was to give them 50. But? But then Bush aides talked them down to 15 because they were like, well, if we give them 50, then the Afghans will start just killing their family members or jumping out in front of Blackwater vehicles and getting themselves killed uh, as a way of scamming us out of 50 grand. No! Uh, insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but hey, so- George Bush paints now. He's friends but with hey. Ellen. <laughs> He's friends with famously good person Ellen DeGeneres. That, when it came out that she was like terrible to her employees, I was like, well, that's the least surprising thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, 2020 can't get much worse, can it? 
Uh, oh, don't, yes, Al, don't it even can, say that. Al. You've got like two weeks Al, left. it can stop, always get please. worse. Stop, stop. Okay, we like, need to keep like, moving. Like, never say it can't get any worse. Anything we want to touch on before we get to reforms? Yeah, let's talk about the wall. I want to talk about the wall. You want to talk about the wall, Dylan? Yeah. The wall I want to talk about my wall. Yeah, my, this is one of my favorite quotes from the whole book. Quote, from 190, there is no logistical way to build an effective wall between the U.S. and Mexico. The terrain is too difficult. Uh, lost the, my spot. Too the terrain is too difficult, the cost too great, and the ways around it are too many. And he also mentions the fact that that wall, you couldn't just put it up and leave it there. It has to be constantly mm-hmm. surveilled by the so same people. Maintained. How yeah. else are we going to build a gigantic totem to the true American god, racism? Well, and that's what it is. That's really what it is. It is because it's not an effective method of border police. No. Period. Full stop. It is literally just to be like to appease his racist supporters who are like, well, keep them out. Yeah. It's it's literally like to give the hogs an altar at which to worship. Mm -hmm. It's it's the racist equivalent of security theater. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I also find it very funny that if they did want to make a wall that would like really deter and they could just leave it alone, it would have to essentially be a larger and more dangerous equivalent of the Berlin Wall, <laughs> which would be nice. just a little bit too mask off for this register for this administration, I think. Like, also, Gwen, and even like not a racist version of security theater, a more racist version of security theater. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is fair. That is very fair. Um, and I would Alex's say it's explicitly book- racist. Yeah, yeah, an explicitly racist, as opposed to the, no, no, sir, uh, we're searching your bag, not because you're Arabic, but because you could be hiding something in your turban. Oh, Gwen, you're Optimus priming. Gwen! Oh, Gwen, do you gone. read me? Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. Here, I'm going to propose something. Yeah. Do we maybe want to finish up this chapter and then. Maybe. Glenn, are you okay? What's happening? Talk to us, Glenn. I just hear like digital screaming. I don't know what's happening. Just like a distorted fucking <laughs> dial-up wailing. It sounds like, you guys know in Tron Legacy, the first time you see somebody like die, die? they let out like this digital wail. <laughs> it's yeah. reduced. Like, it sounds like if you're, if you're fucking like waterboarding my grandmother's PC. <laughs> God. Uh, okay, I was going to propose that since we're having so many uh, internet difficulties, do we want to maybe... Oh, she heard it. Uh, do we want to finish out this chapter and then maybe do the rest another day? We are at two 40-minute segments by now. Two 40-minute segments. Oh, she's gone. You peon. If it's not four 40-minute segments. No, um, that's probably wise. Uh, I love the blonde what? hair, Dylan. It really does make this a great stage. Oh, my God. Favorite. Gwen is rejoining the chat. Okay, okay. She said, let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Back into the book. Let's finish up this chapter. Do we want to move into uh, reforms and... uh, uh, Yes, reforms uh, and alternatives. Alternatives. 
Perfect. Yeah. Alternatives. Um, the only kind of women I date. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Donald's back. <laughs> we haven't been nearly horny enough this episode, Colin. The people this know what they this, like about the show. This has been a remarkably <laughs> chaste episode. Yeah. <laughs> An unusually chaste episode. Um, okay. One of the, okay, so I, the first thing, this, I'm, we're just going to sort of launch into this without like a whole lot of context here. Okay. We started um, with the wall. We touched on how the wall is technically a reform. This actually ties in because uh, uh, with the wall, it, um, Alex starts talking about um, how people like think immigration reform uh, will, will change or improve things. And this, this is, I firstly have to apologize because it's an enormous quote I'm about to read, but it's the one that I wrote pop off Alex by. So I, I, I feel obligated uh, to express it from page 192 quote, one of the mistakes that Trump supporters make is imagining that their own economic conditions will be improved by continuing to exploit foreign lands while excluding those who suffer as a result. That analysis assumes that the wealth generated by that process will somehow trickle down to American workers. The last 20 years have taught us that these global economic arrangements do not include national allegiance on the part of corporations or sharing wealth within national economies. The wealth of the United States has increased dramatically in the past two decades, but all of that growth has gone exclusively to the richest 10%. The rest of us have seen wages and government services decrease. Our standard of living is not declining because of migrants, but because of unregulated neoliberal capitalism, which has allowed corporations and the rich to avoid paying taxes or decent wages. It is a system that must be changed. Yes, bitch. Go well, Alex, up. Gonna, let's let's get like some applause for Alex and the, in the trickle chat. down economics ain't real, bitch. If I ever find Alex in the wild, I'm buying him a, a drink, a, yeah. a drink, just a big old, maybe a Long Island iced tea. A I don't know. We'll and have a, the a gin liberalist and... gun you've ever seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll get um, in the TV show. My name is Earl. Burt Reynolds' character, who owned a strip strip club, uh, liked to carry around uh, water pistols filled with vodka. And I just want to give one to Alex Vitale. <laughs> that's the hero. That's the t- weapon that our hero needs, honestly. I mean, when you could follow him on Instagram and uh, slide into his DMs. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm getting <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So basically all of the reforms that have been uh, instituted don't address the actual heart of the problem with border policing, which is that it is to ensure economic superiority, not to actually mm-hmm. punish migrants for crimes. Uh, I think it's in alternatives that he slips in the hole. Maybe we just don't give a fuck about borders. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Mm-hmm. Based Vitali. Um, uh, he, he suggests on page 194, if we want immigrants, documented or not, to be more integrated into society, more likely to report crime, and better able to defend themselves from predators, we should instead look to end all federal immigration policing, remove social barriers in housing and employment, and acknowledge their important role in revitalizing communities and stimulating economic activity. In other words, it's almost like immigration is good, actually. But we just have to treat them like citizens. Why are we such assholes? I don't know. I don't know how America got to be this way. I mean, I do. And then then literally, literally the next, 
uh, sentence, uh, another paragraph down is, border policing is hugely expensive and largely ineffective and produces substantial collateral harms, including mass criminalization, violations of human rights, unnecessary deaths, the breakup of families, and racism and xenophobia. Mm-hmm. I love how he does say it very succinctly, and I believe Colin said it earlier, Basically, the reason for Border Patrol is to further emphasize and strengthen the concept of race, Mm -hmm. is to ensure there is a racial divide. Um, Yes. And then there's also, like, actual uh, provable evidence that uh, uh, more open borders are good. Um, Mm -hmm. From 194 to 195, quote, when the EU lowered its internal borders, there were fears that organized crime would benefit, local cultures would be undermined, that mass migration would create economic chaos as poor Southern Europeans move north. None of Mm -hmm. this happened. (laughs) In fact, migration decreased as the EU began developing poorer areas within Europe as a way of producing greater economic and social stability. Huh. Funny that. Almost like if the place you live is okay to live in, you don't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy. And it's Crazy almost like more places now. would be okay to live in if we hadn't systematically destabilized Latin American <laughs> democracies for the better part of 70 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then again, on, on page 195, um, the quote, the reality is that people in Central America and Mexico are poor partially because of U.S. economic policies. By consistently subverting democracy, we have helped create the dreadful poverty in those places. Mm-hmm. I think Alex gives um, us too little credit in how much we've destroyed Latin America. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that partially um, uh, needs an asterisk. He's generous. Uh, that was an editor's note. Like, just back link back. to a picture, like an eight and a half by 11 picture of Augusto Pinochet. <laughs> or any American school graduate. Truly, truly. Or school right. of the Americas graduate. American school graduate is anybody who's graduated. From <laughs> anyone in this They're responsible for most war crimes that occur as well, but, you know. Yeah. And I think that a probably pretty good quote to end on is, from page 196, as the group, the Immigrant Movement International notes, migrants have as much right to international movement as corporations and international elites do. The only law deserving of our respect is an unprejudiced law, one that protects everyone everywhere, no exclusions, no exceptions. Mm-hmm. Like, Alex Vitale fucking rules. Oh, yeah. He goes the fuck off. He goes off. And, uh... I think I might have a crush on him. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like a literary crush, a logic crush. If my boyfriend is listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is it for today's episode of Getting Informed, a leftist literature That's not up his own ass. What? What did you say? <laughs> Gwen, all we heard was exasperatedly, that's not up its own ass. And then you just cut out. I think we got the most important bit. (laughs) There you are. I'm going to need all of that one more time. No. (laughs) Okay.
<laughs> no, you lost out. Alex Vitali is a great writer. That's what I was trying to say. My name is Allison Gropey. You can find me at al.grows on Instagram. Colin, why don't you drop your handles? Oh, fuck. Um, my name is Colin Orton, and you can <laughs> find me at that name, two L's, on any social media, probably. If you friend me on Facebook, I probably won't friend you. <laughs> LinkedIn is another matter, though. Oh, of course. Dylan? Uh, my name is Dylan Sly. You can find me at Heresy Happens on Twitter. Uh, you can also reach me and the podcast at gettinginformedpod at gmail.com. Uh, as of right now, I have not yet received any hate mail to share, but I eagerly Damn. am looking forward to it. Delicious. And I'm Gwen O'Connor, if you can hear this, and I'm at Gwen on Instagram. This podcast. End, God damn it. That one, that one, that one's going. We're gonna have to put uh, Gwen's socials in the in the liner notes. <laughs> we put it in the bio. In the you can It'll say them. The you know what they are. You know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been wait you can follow this fucking podcast at um uh leftist lit pod on twitter and you and can follow week... gwen go for it al no nope, you do it first no i'm looking it up on instagram right now and next week we're gonna finish gwen up the end of policing we thought we were gonna finish it today at gwen s-a-o-i-r on instagram she just said it but i said it louder <laughs> and if that's not the spirit of the podcast, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Next week, we're going to finish up the end of police, and we thought we were going to finish it today. That didn't end up happening. We still love all you boomers and ghouls, and have a good night. Happy good night, holidays boomers. for whatever Happy this comes out. Merry. Actually, Hanukkah just ended, but yeah, I Hanukkah hope it did was really end. nice. Um, Merry Kwanzaa Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, Christmas. Wait, did Festivus happen? I didn't celebrate. Fuck, I don't know, man. Yeah. Happy Candle Nights. <laughs> Christmas looms over us like the shadow of death. Oh, next. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, I thought we were going to record on Festivus, but it's the 23rd, not the 22nd. Dylan, what the fuck is Festivus? It's a Festivus it's from Festivus, you idiot. There's the um, airing of grievances, which we oh, need. It sounds barely. like you need to get informed. <laughs> Dylan, I'm about to air a bunch of grievances directly up your ass. I hope you know that. Well, let's end the episode. That's a great place.